that they could even get in the door. But they found their way up to the rooftop. I don't care if that roof was only seven feet high. That took a lot of work. That took a lot of work. When you have weight that is not working for you, it's working against you. I don't care if it's 30 pounds. It takes a lot of work. And here this is a grown man. And his friends were taking him to Jesus. The Bible says they tore off the roof. This is when they lowered him down. See, that's why it's important to be surrounded by the right people. Because even when you can't get to Jesus, you have some people around you that will take you to the King of Kings. Because sometimes you can be paralyzed in your spirit. And you don't feel like moving. You don't feel like going anywhere. You don't feel like getting out of bed. You don't feel like worshiping the Lord. But if I just had a few people, a few friends, some people that love God and love people, that even in my paraplegic moment, they would pick me up and take me to the healer. Take me to the one that's able to set me free. See, sometimes we find ourselves paralyzed in the spirit for far too long. And we need some people around us that can help us tap in to the spirit. Pray for us. And I'm here to tell you, you need people that won't give up on you. Because no doubt, his body got a little bit too heavy. As they was trying to lift him up tear that roof off but they said no we're we're getting you you're 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 a friend of ours we got to get you to Jesus I, I don't care how long it takes us see the Bible didn't say it only took them five minutes it only took them ten minutes no it does not mention how long but all it says was they got him there I just wonder if we got a church that has the mindset I don't care how long it takes as long as we get there as long as we get to the place that we need to be in Jesus Christ. It is there when Jesus begins to make the statement that is so profound to me. The Bible says not when he saw his faith. The scripture does not say when he saw his faith. The Bible says when he saw their faith. Do you see how important worship is? Do you see how important the gathering of the saints are? Do you see how important this is right here? Do you see why the devil's doing everything he can to quarantine the church? Do you see why the enemy's trying to attack the people so that we can be isolated? So that we can be paralyzed in the spirit because we don't have our brothers and sisters to lean upon so that Jesus can see our faith. God can perform a great miracle in somebody's life, not only on your faith, but the people around you, their faith. Because I've been in situations where I didn't believe, but because of somebody else believing on my behalf, the Lord came, oh, I wish I had a church in here. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You didn't believe, you didn't deserve it, but the Lord still came by and met your need. Hallelujah. When he saw their faith, your sins are forgiven. 
is this man that can forgive sin? Who is this trying to play God? Who is this man? Well, what's easier to do? Say, rise up and walk or sins be forgiven. But so that you know that the Son of Man has power here on earth, has power to forgive sin. Take up your bed, rise up, and walk. It is in Capernaum when things like that begin to take place and many miracles that the Lord Jesus Christ performed. It is in Capernaum where Jesus witnessed such great faith when the centurion soldier had a servant that was at the point of death, sent people to Jesus, said, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm worthy to come to you. I don't feel like you're worthy to come to us. But if you just speak the word only, you just say the word. Because I'm a man under authority. I'm also a man over authority. I can say go, they go. And if someone sends me, I will go. If you just speak the word, I believe. And Jesus had to pause. Say, I haven't seen such great faith. No, not in Israel. No one has faith like this to where they don't even feel like they have to come crawling to me. Like the woman with the issue of blood. They don't have to touch me. They don't even have to be near me. And they still believe that my word can go forth. And it will do just what it says it will do. It is in Capernaum when that happens. Many miracles begin to take place in that city. Yet Capernaum repented not, the Bible says. The city of Capernaum did not repent. They said it would be more tolerable in Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than it is for you. It's interesting because Jesus said, if Sodom would have seen the miracles that y'all see, they would have repented. But Capernaum, Jesus spent all his time moving in that place, moving in the spirit, healing the sick, raising the dead. Great miracles were performed in that city. But even though miracles were performed, they still didn't believe. They still didn't have a mind to give it over to him. What are you saying, Pastor? What I'm saying is we cannot adopt the spirit of Capernaum. God has done too much for us. Do I have a witness that the Lord has done too much for us? See, some of us are still dealing with and dwelling on the things that we're still waiting on him to do. Oh, am I talking, Pastor Davenport? I know I'm preaching. See, some of us are still waiting on the things that we're still praying for and believing God for. I'm not telling you to stop. No, you keep praying. You keep believing. But that shouldn't stop your worship. That shouldn't stop your praise. That shouldn't stop you from magnifying him. That shouldn't stop you from lifting up your hand. That shouldn't stop you from waving your hands. That shouldn't stop you from clapping your hands. That shouldn't stop you from dancing before the Lord. That shouldn't stop your worship. Just because things have not come to pass the way I thought they would come to pass doesn't mean I have the right to sit down on God because he woke me up this morning. He gave me a right mind. He's given me strength in my body. He's put food on my table. He's put clothes on my back. He's delivered me from a life of sin. I've got a reason to praise him right there. But in the meantime, in the meantime, See, that's, that's where things get shaky. In the meantime, that's when things get rocky. In the meantime, hallelujah.
God because you're waiting on your healing. You're waiting on God to come through. You're waiting on him to deliver. You're waiting on him to turn your children's life around. You're waiting on him to get a hold of that spouse. You're waiting on him to give you comfort and give you strength. It's in the meantime. That's when the enemy likes to have his playground. He likes to set up his swing set. Uh -huh. He likes to set up the merry-go-round right there in the meantime. Because if he can have you so caught up mentally in the meantime and not dwell on Brother Mendez, the things that God has already done for you. If he can get you so caught up in the meantime, see, that's when we lose our spirit of repentance. That's when we lose a spirit of worship and we adopt the spirit of Capernaum. That even though he did so many miracles... So many things, Brother Madrid, God has done for you. But where's the mind at in the meantime? I, I want to help somebody here today. I want to help somebody that's in the meantime. I want to help a church out that's in the meantime. Because, see, I, I, I'm just believing that God is wanting to perform a great work in this city. When I say great work, I don't, I don't want you to think small. I'm talking about where bars shut down, where the clubs shut down, where all the gambling casinos shut down, to where there's a fear of God that rocks this city. See, I, I'm just believing that the Lord is able to do such things because I've seen such things to where people come running to God saying, I've got to change my life. But it's in the meantime, church, what is the people of God going to do? Are we going to stop worshiping? Are we going to stop believing? Are we going to stop praying? Are we going to stop fasting? It's in the meantime where I've got to dig deeper. It's in the meantime I've got to draw closer. It's in the meantime. I can't lose my worship. It's in the meantime. Can I just be blunt with you? Until the next healing. Uh, we've already been healed once. It's until the next healing. We've already been delivered once. It's until the next deliverance. God has already performed the miracle once. It's until the next miracle that's going to take place. How selfish of us to think that we deserve something, to think that we deserve the miracle, to think just because we come here Sunday after Sunday, week after week, we deserve something from the Lord. How selfish can we be, Pastor? We can't adopt the spirit of Capernaum. No, no, no. We got to appreciate why Jesus is in our presence, why he's in our midst, why he's dwelling among us. And when we hear a testimony, how God is delivering, we just rejoice. We just thank him. See, we can't become stubborn in our spirit. Oh, I'm trying to help us right now, church. We cannot become complacent in our spirit that when we hear other people being delivered and set free, that we become frustrated because a spirit of frustration can get a hold of us, wondering now, it's been months, it's been years, it's been years upon years. I've been praying for God to perform a miracle, yet I see other people being delivered. I see other people being set free. It's no different when you're praying for the Holy Ghost. You see other 
other people receiving the Holy Ghost. And now all of a sudden you're wondering, what's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong. It's just in the meantime, you can't lose your worship. It's in the meantime, that's when you have to press even more. It's in the meantime that you have to get up and pursue after Jesus Christ. Because until the miracle comes, what are you going to do? Until the miracle comes, what are you going to say? When the miracle is on its way, See, this is a familiar story, but it's appropriate right now. The Bible says that Jairus, Jairus, we're just going to call him Jairus. The Bible says that Jairus came to Jesus because he knew he was a healer. He knew he was a healer. Otherwise, he wouldn't have went to him. The Bible says he was a, uh, 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 help, help me somebody. He was a, um, he, he, he was a Pharisee, but he was a, uh, he was a ruler of the synagogue. Thank you. He was a ruler of the synagogue. Why is that important? Because rulers of the synagogue at that particular time did not believe or trust in Jesus Christ. They did not accept his teaching. But see, it's interesting that when you get to a certain place, when something happens in your life, it doesn't matter what other people say. It doesn't matter what other people say. It doesn't matter at all because you're desperate. And you know that I got to get to Jesus because I heard he's a healer. See, there comes a time in your life where it doesn't matter what other people are saying about you, even if they're your own friends. See, Jairus had to look beyond his friends. He had to look beyond those that he went to school with and he learned the law with. It doesn't matter. I heard Jesus can heal. And I've got a daughter that's 12 years old that's about to die. The Bible says That as Jairus goes to Jesus, Jesus says, I'm coming to your house. Now think about that now. Think about how much joy. If Jesus told somebody right now, I'm coming to your house, I wonder what you would do. I wonder how you would dance. I wonder how you would leap if Jesus said, I'm coming to your house. You would try to beat Jesus home. You would try to say, I'm getting ready for Jesus because I needed to kick that devil out, that devil out, that devil out. Uh-huh. Some of you are pointing at your own family members. That devil out. Oh, yes. You'd be checking under the bed. Get that devil too. The joy that filled his spirit. But yet in that story that is very familiar, the Bible doesn't say how long it was or how far it was to Jairus' house. It doesn't say if he came one mile, two miles, or just a couple blocks. I don't care if he was right down the street. If Jesus said he coming to my house, I'm, I'm sprinting, ready to get Jesus to my house as quickly as possible. But somebody say, in the meantime, in the meantime, there came a woman with the issue of blood. In the meantime, see, in the meantime, see, you, you got to remember something. The Bible says it uses the word thronged, that people thronged him. Uh-huh. That means there were so many people around him that he could not get to Jairus' house as quickly as maybe Jairus would have wanted. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody right now. You need to hear me and understand that. See, you got to understand if Jesus said he's coming to your house, but yet now all of a sudden you see people gathering around Jesus, your joy just turned into frustration. Your joy just turned into frustration. See, that's what happens when you come to God's house. You feel his presence. You feel his love. You feel like God is ministering to you. Then all of a sudden you see other things happening around you and you feel like you deserve that. Your joy turns into frustration. And now 
here's a woman with the issue of blood for 12 years that has now come and pressed her way and touched the hem of his garment, then Jesus has the nerve to stop. Do you hear me, church? Jesus stops. Now, if you're Jarius, what would you do? I would have ran in that crowd. I would have grabbed Jesus by that garment and said, you coming to my house. Oh, I know I'm preaching the truth. She stopped. Jesus stopped and had the nerve to have a conversation with the woman. And I told you that my daughter is at the point of death. In the meantime, in the meantime, Jarius now is getting a little nervous. And now it's turned for the worse for Jarius. Why? Because his servants have come from his house and said, trouble the master no more. Your daughter is dead. Has anybody here received the word from the enemy saying that your situation is dead? That you shouldn't even trouble him anymore? Why do you still come to church? Why do you still pray? Why do you still fast? It's been going on for decades. You haven't changed. Your situation hasn't changed. Why do you still do it in the meantime? Because it doesn't matter what it looks like not to Jesus. It, it doesn't matter what it looks like not to Jesus. Because if Jesus said he's coming to your house, Sister Katrina, you've got to believe no matter what it looks like, Sister, he's coming to your house. He's coming to your house. So if he's giving you a word saying that he's coming to your house, it doesn't matter what friends and family are doing. It doesn't matter if everybody else receiving a word. It doesn't matter if everybody else being delivered. It doesn't matter if everybody else is being healed. Jesus said he's coming to your house. And if he's coming to your house, He may not come when we think he should arrive. But as long as Jesus arrives, as long as he arrives, it's all that matters. It's all that matters. So you've got to learn this, young people, at a young age. You can't allow yourself to turn into 32, 42, 52-year-old people that still sit on a pew wondering, is Jesus coming ever to my house? You've got to learn this and say, in the meantime, I've got to still learn how to worship. I've got to learn how to put things down, and I've got to worship. I've got to learn how to press through. Because if you don't think even at the feudal uh, young age of 12, 13, 14, these people battle with things in their hearts. They battle with things in their mind. They've got to know in the meantime. We've got to learn how to still worship. It's when Jesus heard the word from the servants that came. They said, trouble the master no more. Your daughter's dead. It's over. We tried. We had our window of opportunity. It's over. But Jesus heard. See, Jesus can be speaking to someone else and still hear your prayer. See, see, let, 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 let me really break that down to you. Jesus can be filling someone else with the Holy Ghost over here and still answer your prayer. Somebody can be completely delivered of cancer, completely delivered of diabetes, completely healed. A miraculous thing can take place and he'll still hear your prayer. Because the Lord can't be consumed by just one thing. No, God can take care of all things at all times. 
So don't ever get sidetracked. Don't ever get distracted and say, why is God doing it for you, but he's not doing it for me? No, it's just the meantime. It's the meantime. The Bible says that Jesus turns to Jairus and says, be not afraid. Only believe. Be not afraid. Only believe. Now, I want you to think about Jarius for a moment here. How can he believe? How can he believe? Because he only knows Jesus as a healer. I want you to think about that. He only knew him as a healer. I'm here to tell you that Jairus would have never came to Jesus if his daughter was already dead. And Jesus is trying to get some of you to understand him at a greater level. See, you only know him on this level. And God is saying, I'm trying to take you to another level. You have to allow me to take you to that next level. So don't lose your worship in the meantime. In that meantime, while you're waiting on him to come through and deliver and come to your house. Don't lose your worship, brother. Don't lose your praise. Don't lose that faith. That same faith you had many years ago, you can't lose that. You gotta learn. I gotta learn. I gotta learn how to worship. I gotta learn how to give him my all. Because one of these days, God's gonna give me greater revelation of who he is in my life. Be not afraid, only believe. We know the rest of the story when Jairus, excuse me, when Jesus gets to Jairus' house. We know the rest of the story that he had to remove everybody out the house that didn't have faith. Come on, come on. Y'all don't believe? Get out. You don't know how tempted I am sometimes to do that? Oh, y'all don't believe? Okay. Y'all go sit down before you. No. Jesus said, oh, y'all don't believe? Oh, unbelievers, out. I just need people that's going to believe. No doubt Jarius is thinking like somebody's thinking right now. What am I believing for? Oh, I feel this in the Holy Ghost. What am I believing for? I came to you for a specific reason and it didn't happen. But see, it's in that moment when the Lord gives you a reassuring word to not be afraid, only believe. It's in that moment right there where we have to reassure ourselves. How do we reassure ourselves? We reinvent our worship. We reinvent our praise. Sometimes you don't know how to praise him or the reason why you're praising him. But I still have to lift up holy hands without wrath or doubting. I still have to shout hallelujah. I don't understand why. But God told me, just believe. So if he told me just to believe, I've got to throw up my hands and lift him up. I've got to magnify him beyond what I see and what I hear. Church, we can adopt the spirit of Capernaum that's seen all the great miracles and because of the meantime we've lost our worship. Because of the meantime, you've lost hope. Because of the meantime, 
you've lost your praise. Oh no, that's not, that shall not, that will not. I bind that spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. That shall not happen at CMT. But in the meantime, we're going to learn how to worship more. In the meantime, we're going to learn how to pray. Oh, do I have a church in here? Do I have a few believers in here? I wonder if I had two or three of it to jump to your feet right now and say, I know it's the meantime, but I got a reason to worship. I know it's the meantime, but I got a reason to praise him. I know it's the meantime, but I got a reason to dance. I know it's the meantime, but I still got to leap for joy. I know it's the meantime, but I'm still going to clap my hands. I know it's the meantime, but I'm still going to shout unto the Lord. I know it's the meantime, but I got a reason to magnify the Lord. Come on, somebody clap your hands unto the Lord. I just wonder if there's a church that's going through the meantime. I'm telling you, great things are happening amongst us. Great things are happening in the spirit. Uh, some of you know that because some of you are spiritual and you feel it and you see it in the spirit. I'm telling you, things are working on your behalf that is happening in the spirit. You don't see it in the natural, but it will become tangible. I'm here to tell somebody in the Holy Ghost, you cannot lose your worship in the meantime. You cannot lose your praise in the meantime. You cannot lose your testimony in the meantime. Now's not the time to give up. Now's not the time to throw in the towel. Now's not the time to turn your back. But now is the time to keep moving forward. Now is the time to keep worshiping. Oh, I wish I had a church I was preaching to. Now is the time to throw up your hands. Now is the time to dance before the Lord. Now is the time to worship him. Now is the time to step out by faith. Because I know I may be in the meantime, but I know God has done it for me. He's already done it. He's done it before. So I've got to believe he can do it again. It's in the meantime, Sister Robinson. Sister Robinson, do you hear me preaching? We can't give up, sister. God has brought us this far by faith. God has brought us this far by faith. God, God has brought us this far by faith. Sister, we can't give up. My brother, we can't give up. I just wonder if there's a church in here that would clap your hands unto the Lord and magnify him.